Well, we've talked a lot about how the Chicago Bulls have improved their play. I want to talk about one specific area that Chicago Bulls have improved their game that is really leading to the team just being a better overall team. We're going to talk about that. Plus, we're going to talk about who's going to step up in the absence of Torrey Craig since he's now out eight to ten weeks with injury. And Kobe White is on pace to be the most improved player of the year. All that plus a preview of the Bulls versus Lakers. All that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host, Sarah Hayes. More importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every single social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. So I want to talk about one of the areas that the Chicago Bulls have improved in. We're going to go over some numbers, but I'm going to key in on one area. So over the last nine games, the Chicago Bulls have been ranked 12th in offensive rating at 119.1. We're also ranked 13th in the defensive rating out of 115.8. Then when you look at our net rating, we're actually 10th overall over those nine games across the NBA with a net rating of 3.4, meaning the Chicago Bulls are putting up 3.4 points more. And so right now we are on pace to just be a solid enough offense and a solid enough defense. We have the the net rating of a team that typically makes the playoffs. And that is something that we haven't had for the most part in a lot of times. And the Chicago Bulls are playing much differently. Our assist percentage, 63% of our buckets are assisted on. That's good enough for 13th in the NBA, top half of the NBA. Turnover percentage, we're actually 7th in the NBA in turnover percentage at 12.1. We all know taking care of the ball is an extremely important part of the game overall, but especially for the Chicago Bulls and when they can force their own turnovers. In the three-point attempt rate, we're 36.7. That's 22nd in the NBA. We all know that, but the percentages, we're in like the top 12 as far as percentages over that time is hitting our three-point attempts. But the one key stat that I want to zero in on with this is the offensive rebounding rate. And we're actually... 35% of our offensive rebounds we're getting, and that's actually first in the NBA over that span of time. And when you look at that, how that plays into winning, the Chicago Bulls right now are ninth in second chance points across the NBA. Offensive rebounding has been an Achilles heel of the Chicago Bulls since this version of the team came together when DeMar DeRose and Lonzo Ball came to this team. We have been one of the bottom offensive rebounding teams in the league. So the fact that we we are now right now in this brief period of time right we need to see if it's going to continue that we are the first in the NBA and then we're getting in top 10 and second chance points that is that is doing a couple of different things right we're a we're getting out of transition not really more regularly but we're being more effective in that because of because of the defensive rebounding we're having the turnovers we're forcing but then when you look at on top of that when you're getting offensive rebounds and you're and you're converting that to second chance points that's actually a huge factor of the game and making it, making it easy. It demoralizes defenses, and it means that defenses have to put out that even more effort to try to keep us off the offensive boards because if we crash that offensive glass, we're, 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 we're more times than not going to be able to convert that to second-chance points, and that is easy points for the Chicago Bulls. So right now, that is one of the biggest things, and you see it. We're rebounding as a team. Uh, Patrick Williams has been getting more putbacks, right? Uh, Kobe White, somebody who, surprisingly enough, is, is being a dog on the offensive rebounds at times as well, getting those where he can, and is playing a big part of it right now. And so when, when you look at the Chicago Bulls team and just how we're starting to evolve, and you, you have to start looking at those nitty-gritty stats is what I call them over the course of that time because guess what? The Bulls are doing and converting those things, and it's making the game easier on the Chicago Bulls. And that's not something that you want to overlook at all. So if the Bulls can't continue this, it's going to put us in a position to keep getting easy points, easy baskets. And if we keep pairing that 
with the things that we have been doing it with, with getting out of transition, with hitting our three-point shots at a decent rate and clip, right? Being more in the top half um, around league average as far as making uh, three-point attempts and three-point makes, that's something that's going to benefit the Chicago Bulls. So offensive rebounding, we're seeing also Nikola Vucevic play better over this period of time. He's playing back like a top-10 center when you look at his averages here over the, over the last 9, 10 games. So when you're getting that from Nikola Vucevic, when you're getting the offensive rebounds, this is something that this team has to continue to do. Now, I know Torrey Craig's out right now, and that's going to be a, definitely somebody who impacts that as well, just not having that, that type of size out there. But the Bulls keep crashing those offensive boards, and we're going to keep seeing positive things happen. Now, one, like I said, one of the players that's definitely going to affect that is Torrey Craig. We talked about it. I uh, dropped an emergency episode yesterday. Hopefully you guys got a chance to either watch or listen Dropped it as both a video and a podcast. But um, when you look at Torrey Craig and the fact that he's going to be missing eight to ten weeks, with that's crazy. When you look at four to five weeks of actual to that injury heals, then another four to five weeks of rehab, Torrey Craig is going to be out well into March. Like I said on that episode, it's going to put him out past the trade deadline. Now, maybe the Bulls do get some more size back in the trade if they make some, something like that. But the key thing that you have to look at is who's going to now step up. Uh, with with Tory Craig being gone, and there are a couple of different candidates. We've talked a little bit about uh, them all in that, but I'm going to kind of bring it back here. I, I focus a lot on Dalen Terry and Julian Phillips because those are the two players that are right now on this roster. A lot of you guys also brought up the chances of Adama Sanogo kind of being brought up. Pat brought it up over on Locked On Bulls as well, and I want to talk about that. Right, so right now we're seeing Billy Donovan really shrink that 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 rotation back to the five to eight man rotation. I'm sorry, not five to eight man, the eight, eight to nine man rotation, right? That's what we're seeing. So you're looking at the starting five of Kobe White, Alice Caruso, or Io, who's ever in there, but uh, we're just going to say Alice Caruso for this one. Uh, Kobe White, Alice Caruso, DeMar DeRozan, Patrick Williams, Nikola Vucevic, that's your starting five. And then you're looking at add to that, Io DeSumo, Javon Carter, Andre Drummond. That is your eight man rotation basically right now for the Chicago Bulls. And this is more typical of what we've seen Billy Donovan do. Now, Usually, Billy Donovan has a solid eight-man rotation with the ninth or tenth guy kind of stepping in there at times. And so right now, you're looking at probably a mix between Dalen Terry and Julian Phillips kind of getting some minutes. Now, since Torrey Craig has went down, Julian Phillips actually is not played. So, you know, that may raise some, some questions there. But that's a, that's a fairly small lineup. And even though uh, uh, Dalen Terry actually has some, some height there, right, you want to look at, what is he, six, uh, seven? He doesn't have the size. He's still a very slight of frame guy. And so it, we saw it a little bit of, against Hami Hakez, right? Hami Hakez took Dalen Terry to work more times than that when, when uh, Dalen Terry was guarding him in that second game against the Miami Heat. So at, it brings some questions is, is Julian Phillips going to get a, a crack at it? Now, we've seen Julian Phillips get some tick, right? Not necessarily anything consistent, but we've seen him have. It seems like uh, Billy Donovan had had like a – a four to six minute limit when it came to Julian Phillips. There's also Terry Taylor, who's still undersized at 6'4", but he's a really good rebounder for his size. He plays that power forward position even at 6'4", which is crazy. Um, but he hasn't played a lot for the Chicago Bulls either in the season. He's really a back end of the bench player so far for the Chicago Bulls. And then people have asked that question of, can Adama Sonogo come in, who's been absolutely killing it, averaging basically 20 and 11 down in the G League, um, really adapting well to that G League game, uh, really has adapted well to the speed and, you know, that, that type of thing of the G League game. So Adama Sonogo, I'm just going to put it here as an outside chance that we may see him called up eventually if the Bulls' lack of size really starts becoming an issue. I just don't think he's going to be somebody that you see relied on heavily right away. I think the two biggest candidates in that are going to be 
Daylon Terry, and Julian Phillips. And one of them is going to get a consistent, you know, and it may fluctuate back and forth, but eight to 10 minutes a game. And so when you look at that, you, you, you got to ask yourself the question of who offers the best situation. Now, Daylon Terry, 6'7", uh, right at 200 pounds now. He's added some weight since he came in the NBA. Julian Phillips is 6'8", with an over 7-foot wingspan, uh, which I think Daylon Terry has a close to 7-foot wingspan as well. Um, but he's he's 200 pounds, so you're looking at that as well. As it. Now, Daylon, Julian Phillips has played in 15 minutes so far. He's averaged four and a half minutes per game over that. Nothing crazy on the stat line, even worth mentioning to, to talk about. It's a, it's a, it's a Tony, Tony Snell stat line, but that's not because of him. That's because of the role, right? I'm not saying that. But Julian Phillips, I think, offers the best chance of a mix of defense, rebounding, and some scoring ability. Now, especially with the Bulls getting out in transition, now he's not somebody who can generate a fast break like Daylon Terry can because Daylon Terry is really good at passing on the fast break, just half court, not so much. Um, but you have to ask that question, who's going to step up? Because one of these guys is going to be getting minutes each and every night. Now, it may go back and forth between the two of them, but somebody's going to be getting those minutes because that's just how it works in Billy Donovan's offense. Uh, so, listen, when it comes down to it, I- I'm not mad at the fact that Billy Donovan goes with whatever the matchup is, who's playing the best, but give these young guys a chance. And that is something that is important over this stretch for the Chicago Bulls either way, and even with uh, like Alex Caruso being listed as questionable for today's game. I think he was actually upgraded to probable. Um, even with that said, if he does sit in any games, that raises even more question. You have to use one of these young guys that just hasn't played a lot of minutes for you. And so when it comes down to that, I, even uh, Patrick Williams listed as probable as well. So you got that, that question there. But uh, you're going to have to start building in the character of these young guys. You're going to have to start building them up to where you, you can, if you need to rely on them, you actually know what they can bring, and they have some confidence in them, and that's something that I really hope Billy Donovan is thinking about, and this coaching staff is thinking about overall. You want to start building confidence in those young guys. You already want, want to do that anyway, but now when you have two key players, Patrick Williams locked in as the starting four, but if him or Alex Caruso can't go a game because of, of their injuries or anything happens, you're now at that point where you're going to be forced to play one of these second, first or second-year players heavy minutes, and you want them to be prepared. You don't want them to be like deer caught in headlights when you have to rely on them. So that's something to look out for uh, going forth in the rest of this uh, this short period of time is how much does Billy Donovan start future projecting and looking at building some of the confidence? Because Torrey Kirk is playing 21 minutes per game. Now, some of that's going to be spread out through who who we've already talked about. Andre Drummond may get a couple of more minutes. Javon may get a couple of more minutes. Io's going to get a couple of more minutes. Hell, we saw uh, Alex Caruso play 31 minutes off the bench for the Chicago Bulls in the last game against the Philadelphia 76ers. But especially when that player is banged up as well, you want to start kind of spreading that out some. So let's keep a look at that. I think that both these young guys have shown uh, ability to be ready in certain areas, but still, you know, some concerns there. But we'll see how that steps up and who steps up in the absence of Torrey Craig. Let me know what you guys think on that down below. But with that said, yesterday actually kicked off all-star voting uh, around the NBA. And we've talked about the need to show up for Kobe White to take make people take notice of the season that Kobe White's having. So make sure you guys are voting. But in that, FanDuel actually came out with their uh, odds for the most improved player of the year. And so uh, Kobe White is coming in that fourth uh, so far right now. Tyrese Maxey has the best odds. Alfred Sangoon and Scotty Barnes. And then you have Kobe White and then Tyrese Halliburton following him up. Now, Tyrese Halliburton, who had a great season last year, may find it a little bit harder to win most improved player of the year. But when you look at the other players, Tyrese Maxey is on a team that was top three in the Eastern Conference. That storyline on the national media stage we've talked about is a big part of winning most improved player. It's kind of built in there for him. So 
Tyrese Maxey being number one on this list, I can kind of understand for sure. Uh, when you look at, as well, Afron Sengun being listed as second on that list, Here's the thing. Alfred Sangoon has been knocking on that door for a while there. The Houston Rockets, despite everything and people having doubt on that team, they're ninth right now in the experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code Bull Central to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. Western Conference, they have a, a over 500 record at 13 and one. That storyline is kind of built in for him as well, but I don't think that is in the in the area. Him or Scotty Barnes are in the area where Kobe can't pass them up because I think Alfred. You guys know I've talked about Alfred Singoon for years here. I would love Singoon on this team, and he's having an amazing season. I don't want to take away from that. He's leading the the Houston Rockets in scoring. He's leading them in rebounding. He's playing an extremely good brand of basketball this year. And Scotty Barnes. You know, Scotty Barnes has always been one of those players that people take notice of because he's on the Toronto Raptors. But I still look at that and say, listen, Scotty Barnes is playing all right. Don't get me wrong. He's averaging 20.3 points per game. But I don't think I don't think he's having a better season than Kobe White. Kobe White even being on this list to kind of start on the initial list, I think is a really good thing. And as we see Kobe White get more notice on that national stage, Alex Caruso, uh, the Bulls posted a video of Alex Caruso trying to campaign for Kobe White to get into the three-point contest on top of all-star voting. Let's let's make sure that we support because Kobe White has a legitimate shot at winning that uh, that most improved player of the year. I do think right now, just being fair, not being a homer, Tyrese Maxey probably has a little bit of a leg up on him, but being who he plays with, that makes sense in their record. But we got to make sure that we support, support Kobe White. And if he keeps this streak up that he's going and just being absolute killer in important moments, Kobe White's going to get in that list. I'm not I'm not too overly worried about it because, you know, I think he's going to get in there. But at the end of the day, the season that Kobe White's having, and like I said, I'm going to keep saying, I don't care if it's beating a dead horse, Kobe White deserves to be on that list. Kobe White deserves to be a player that that is talked about even amongst everything else that's going on right now with the Chicago Bulls. He deserves it. And he is playing extremely well right now and ascending to that all-star level. And that's not something that you want to take and anybody else should take lightly. And if you are taking our guy lightly, I'm telling you right now, you're going to have a long, a long shot ahead of you. Kobe White is coming for it all, and he's playing like a star right now. Now, the Bulls do have a game tonight against the Los Angeles Lakers. And this is a, a, a team that I think a lot of Bulls fans have kind of said, oh, we're going to get this win. Right, we're going to get this win. And I think that it's kind of looked around the Lakers who won the initial in-season tournament. They hung a banner up for that. Is, am I the only one that's kind of weirded out by the Los Angeles Lakers hanging up a banner next to championship banners for an in-season tournament? Am I, is that is that just me? All right, maybe it's just me. But the, the Los Angeles Lakers are 15-12 and 12 on the season right now. Um, you, when you look at that, they are a team that's playing better than the Chicago Bulls. They're 2-2 two and two in their last four, but they're 7-3 and three in their last 10. LeBron James is leading the team in scoring at 25 uh, points per game. He's leading them in assists at 7.2 a game, and he's leading them at steals at 1.5 per game. 
And then you're looking at AD. While he's no slouch scoring, he's 24.2, right behind LeBron James. He's leading them in rebounds at 12.6 and in blocks at 2.6 rebound, uh, blocks per game. This is going to be a game where the Bulls are going to be tested. And the Los Angeles Lakers, even though they're not this team that people look at as necessarily being a championship contender or anything like that right now, you know, people didn't look at them as having the ability to get, make it as far as what they did a couple of years ago either. But at the end of the day, the Lakers are a team that's playing a better brand of basketball than the, or they have been playing a better brand of basketball for the season than the Chicago Bulls. But I think this recent stretch for the Bulls has shown, especially if we have Alice Caruso healthy, Patrick Williams is going to be healthy. Hopefully they play in this game tonight. The Bulls can compete with the Lakers, but it comes down to the things that the Chicago Bulls can control. The defense. We have to continue playing our brand of defense, especially against a team against the Los Angeles Lakers. They got it coming from LeBron. They got it coming from AD. But even outside of that, they got D'Angelo Russell there, who is a player that if you if you uh, take him lightly, can put drop points on your head, right? They got that. They got Austin Reeves, who's a solid enough player as well, who, you know, these players are rumored to be coming to the Bulls if, the, if Zach Levine's traded there. And this is also a deep team. They, they go far into their bench. They have, they have more players averaging 20 minutes per game than any other team in the NBA. So that's a key part in that as well. It's going to come through them trying to do it by their depth. And the Chicago Bulls, with our now shorting lineup with, with Torrey Craig being out, we have to make sure that we're executing. If we can force turnovers, that's going to be a thing that helps the Chicago Bulls as well. But you do not want to allow uh, or overlook the Los Angeles Lakers. And I think some Bulls fans are just overlooking that matchup and making it seem like because we're at home, it's going to be easy. Nothing's easy for the Chicago Bulls because we have to do it all through effort. And that's a consistent four quarters of effort and energy that, that the Bulls have been doing. But we have to make sure that we keep that up. We got to keep our foot on the necks of the Los Angeles Lakers. And if we do not do that, this is this could be a game that definitely gets away from the Chicago Bulls if they allow it to. Now, I'm not saying that I necessarily assume that they're going to allow it to get away from them because I think they're playing really good right now. But I just don't know um, if if this is a game that we can just go in and just assume that the Chicago Bulls are going to win because of the way of how good they've been playing. I would love for it to be that. I, I would not, love nothing more than the Chicago Bulls come in take care of business against the Los Angeles Lakers, have another amazing win where we're doing it, but the Bulls have to be locked in in this game and in every game. You're back at home. Get some home cooking. Let's go ahead and, and, and remind the Los Angeles Lakers of what it's like to come and play in the UC, especially when the UC is rocking and rolling. So we're going to see what ends up coming into that. And at the end of the day, I look at it like this, man. The Bulls have the capability of beating anyone in the NBA. They just got to prove that they're going to do it. So let's hope that they continue to prove that. We can get a new winning streak going uh, this week. And, and that that would start off with a win against the Los Angeles. Well, I guess it started off with a win against the Philadelphia 76ers. But if we're going to start streaking, we got to do it against the Los Angeles Lakers tonight. Let me know your guys' thoughts. What are some of your biggest concerns facing off against the Lakers tonight as well? Now, we got a, the voicemail bag. Has been, we're probably going to get voice, at least one voicemail every episode this week. So we're going to go ahead and play one now from Shea. What's up, Paige? It's Shea. You look, man. I'm going to say this, and you may not agree with me, and I don't mean this on the stat sheet type of way, but I, I think a player's mindset coming into the NBA is how is how you can tell what type of player that they're going to be. People wonder why Kobe White and Zachary. Why Kobe White's playing so much better? Why with teams doing so much better without Zach Levine and doing much better with Kobe White? It's simple. Kobe White, before he even came into the league, he was a leader at North Carolina. Zach Levine was more of a bench player and then had to find out how to become a team leader for him to get traded to his second team, which is the Chicago Bulls. Kobe White has already had that leadership 
ability and that leadership mindset. Because think about it, he took down Cam Reddish, RJ Barrett, and Zion Williams by himself with all three of those good school good scores when he was at North Carolina. Now I know what you're saying. Our players can develop. That's true. That's true. But with the mindset. And with the mindset of it, you can see why Kobe White is doing good. And then on top of that, Kobe White does other things. You know, if it's scoring not working, he's trying to play defense. So like if his ball handling, ball handling, or he's trying to get assists, or maybe he's trying to get rebounds like he did the other night. You know what I mean? So I'm not too surprised that Kobe White has turned out to be a much better leader than Zach Levine. And when you think about it, a player. Mindset in college shows you what type of player he's going to be in the NBA. Like I said, not necessarily stat-wise, but, for example, like Joe Kim Noah. Joe Kim Noah showed that he was a leader back at Florida, and then he showed he was a leader on this Bulls team when Derrick Rose went down. You know what I'm saying? So that's why we're playing much better with Kobe White more than Zach Levine. That's just my opinion. Anyway, tell me what you think. Peace. So Shay talking about Kobe White and kind of that, that, that conversation of of Kobe White and and Zach Levine, and you know, even even they're saying, you know, the being a leader, and Kobe White has been a leader, and he and we're seeing him grow as a leader on the NBA stage at 23 years old, and so you know, we we don't have, and you mentioned Joe Kim Noah on this email, we don't have that type of leader yet on this team, but if Kobe White can turn into that while also being a big factor in the scoring and things like that, what he's been bringing, Kobe White's been bringing defensive intensity, drawing charges, right, stepping up with big big shots needed, all those type of things. What we're seeing Kobe White turn into right now is an amazing player. And so, when and I know I kind of started this conversation over on a live stream of asking, does Kobe White right now impact winning more than what we've seen Zach Levine doing? And I got to say this, yes. To me, yes, I think that what we've seen from Kobe White, we're seeing a player that is having a bigger impact on winning than at times what Zach Levine has had. And that that's not a knock on Zach Levine. I think Kobe White is already showing that he's, he has the ability to be a better leader than what Zach Levine ever was. Zach Levine was more of a, I'm about to go drop some points on these guys next year. I'll follow my lead there. But we're t- seeing Kobe turn into a vocal leader. He's checking guys. He's motivating guys. He's doing that type of thing. But then also the effort that Kobe White gives defensively. And that's not something I want to overlook either. Kobe White gives effort defensively. And that's something that we saw grow over the last two seasons prior to this one. And we're seeing the the full total realization of it. And he's giving that while still giving the effort that he gives offensively. How much do we talk about how a player, when they take on a big load offensively or, or defensively, maybe not having enough in the tank to kind of give that effort defensively. Nobody's saying that Kobe White's turned turned into a lockdown defender because that he is not. But he has turned into a well enough defender to where his defense is also impacting games at the same time his offense is. That's one of the things that I appreciate most about this run of Kobe and how he's gotten to where he's gotten at the same time. Kobe White is rounding out to an amazing player. And I'm glad that people are getting noticed. Shout out to Shea for pointing it out to that. And I think that when you look at it right now, Kobe White offers, as of what we see on this team right now, the best chance to be a leader and to build around this team going forward. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to build a championship contender if, if Kobe's your focal point or best player, but he's showing and making that argument that he's the one that should be looked at for that as we move forward to this next phase of the Chicago Bulls. Absolutely. Great voicemail from Shea, um, and, I, and I agree with all of it. Kobe White is just turning into a dog. And then, I mean, I don't even say turning into anymore. I keep talking about it as this thing, like I'm kind of waiting on the other shoe to drop. Kobe White is a dog. Kobe White is a, a great player, and he's giving out a star-level impact right now for the Chicago Bulls, and that's it. Like I said before, that should be the story right now because Kobe has earned that with this player on the court. We're not just handing it to him because 
because he's putting up points or, or things like that. We're get where he's taking it and made people take notice. So many people doubted Kobe. We're talking about the same people that looked at Kobe two years ago and said, he's the one that needs to be moved so we can bring in some size that are now looking at Kobe and saying, hey, we'd be crazy to trade Kobe White. That's the type of impact that he's had with his play. He has earned the, the way that he's being viewed now amongst Bulls fans and national media is starting to come with that as well. So that's my thought process on that. Like I said, great voicemail from Shay. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform. You can also send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullscentralpod at gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for the mailbag, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related, thanks to you guys. And like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See red if you can, y'all. Peace. It's game day. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.